Right, y'all. This is the 122nd episode of Paper Chooses. Thank you for hitting play. Um, the podcast is growing and growing from uh, many years ago when I started just doing a few Snapchats, sending it out about the Gory Guardian. And now we're sitting down with people, having good chats. Last week's chat with Barry Adamson was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And during the week, I was trying to wreck my brains. Mark is in Chicago with Breed and Nora. having a right time. I was trying to think who is going to bring us to another level when we think about what goes on with someone's craft. And I was driving up the M11 and I thought of Stephen Acton. And Stephen is kindly obliged. How are you, Stephen? I'm great. Stephen, you're a director. I am. How does one get into directing? <laughs> um... How does one get into directing? Let's see. Well, I suppose it would have started for me. Well, I always had an interest in the directing aspect of things, along with design too. Um, even as a young lad, you know, performing in shows or plays, theatre and stuff like that. But I suppose it would have started when I went to college to study. So it would have been down in UCC. That's when I would have started to dip my toes into directing small bits and then eventually in Cork City, the first, well, as well as theatre, I direct musical theatre as well. Um, in Cork City, the, the my first large-scale production would have been the production of Ragtime at the time in the Everyman Palace. And from there on in, you just keep throwing yourself into it and into it and it just escalates, I suppose, over the years. Um, when I think back to it, I didn't think I'd be doing as many as I am now, but it just turned out that way. Yeah. yeah. The Everyman, what a place to start. Yeah. That is a fine venue. It is a super venue, yeah. Um, like, when I think back to it, it's, yeah. it's not many of us get the chance to put our first show on in the Everyman, <laughs> or somewhere similar to the Everyman. Yeah. yeah. I was down at Jazz there a few years ago, and I think anyone that hasn't been to J Cork Jazz Weekend is just... It's a different experience. They're missing been? out big time. I go most yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, I go most years. Oh, it's breathtaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, I was at West Side Story and I know, look, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. But anyone Thanks. from the Gory area knows it was fantastic. Um, but what stood out for me was, now I, I, I was, I had a vague memory of it from when it was a community school production. But what, Tony's role and what Tony had to do, for me, I left the theatre a different person. Right. I could kind of see there was a way in which he was directed that I was like, there's more to that message than theatre, than just a show, than just a, um, than just a, play, a play on a stage. Do you think that your gift as a director can bring that across to an audience? Well, I like to think it can, absolutely. And I also, uh, most people who would work with me in the theatre area, um, I hope anyway, and I think they would say that I'm more, not so much just a director, I am a collaborator. Um, and that's the way I would always begin to start a process and from the very beginning is that we collaborate here. And I suppose rather than directly directing somebody to portray something in a specific way. I like to give them more tools um, to guide them to almost create it themselves, you know, because I think an awful lot of, an awful lot of time, though they have an awful lot more to give me even than I have to give them. But when we collaborate together, we can come up with something very special or different. And I suppose with the likes of West Side Story and you're thinking on Tony and 
his character and suppose the relationships that he would have had amongst, um, I suppose, friends, um, um, enemies, etc., and of course relationships um, with uh, like girls in the show too. You, ha- I think, for sometimes now you have to take you go about something from a modern perspective, a modern context. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to set the show in two thousand and twenty three. Mm. If it's a very modern story, which it is, mm. and a very you know, you know, there's no need to have to set put hoodies and jeans on them mm. and set it in New York today. So, uh, yeah, I suppose to get back to what you're saying, Michael. Yeah, you always try. You always try your very hardest to look at things at differently. And uh, can is there more to this? Is there more layers to this? And the more layers you pair back, the better. And yeah. I think what you just said is especially not just for us and what we're going to get out of it, but uh, to get across to the audience mm. so that they can relate to it mm. rather than just watch a story. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, obviously the, sto- the script helps a lot of that, but mm. like. What, how Tony's use of the stage in parts of it, like that, he was alone, and yet he knew he had to respond to a call, and that something is coming at the start. You know, there's this obviously that's the the narrative of it, but how you portray it, you know, he could have just been, he could have just been placed differently. But I just felt that there was something very deliberate about the way in which he was he he went about his performance yeah yeah and yeah i can i can see where you're on, i can see what you mean by especially in, in isolation in areas like yeah. that yeah and what interested what you said is that he knew he had to make a decision and make a call yeah and it's a very conflicted character is Tony. Yeah. yeah and people don't always necessarily see that or think that but he is no. very yeah, well, you get messy when he kills your man, but sure look, <laughs> that's life. It anyway. does, yeah. But uh, you also mentioned there, which is very interesting, that uh, you you're collaborating, mm. and um, that's really interesting. Like it, it kind of explains then why it was such a popular um, show for with people coming from many distances to try and uh, pr- perform in an audition. Yeah, like um, they're looking to work with you, Stephen, obviously. Um, yeah, well, I, I, well, that's nice to hear, and I mm. hope so. Yeah, and along with my other team members that I work with, and mm, true, absolutely. With too, Megan, yeah, and... um, in but this particular production, yeah, Megan McAvoy and Connor McCarthy. Um, but yeah, they did. They travelled quite a few distances for to, to play part in um, West Side Story, like as far as Tipperary and well, Dublin, and um, Hookhead, yeah. all these kind of areas. Yeah, but like they're going to develop their capacity and to deepen what they can bring as characters. And I suppose the epitome of that was what the two, Bernardo and... And uh, Riff. What they did at halftime. So for... By remaining on stage. That was yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Tell me what, uh, because they brought that idea to you. So tell me True. what, how, how they pitched that here. What? True, they did. Um, and I suppose they, they know me. I'll run with a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, usually the, the thing that's more obscure, I'll go with, you know, once it makes sense and has a context and can tell a story, of course. Um, so I was talking to the two guys um, maybe leading up to maybe five days before the show opened. And I said, OK, we need to just, we need to just work out uh, technically um, how we get you off stage at the end of Act One. But as you, as you just mentioned, because they were both 
um, killed at the end and they're on stage. So we were trying to time it so well that maybe if it goes down to full black blackout like on stage, we, they're dragged off, do you get me? So we, don't want, yeah, they, we certainly don't want to see them standing up and moving out, you know, it just breaks the illusion. Yeah. And funny enough, one of them just piped up and said, um, had you thought about leaving us there? And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, what about leaving us there on stage for the interval? And to anyone that knows, that's a good 20 minutes mm -hmm. or more to, to, to not just sit down, but to pretend, I suppose, to act being dead. Mm -hmm. So I said, OK, let's try it and think about it, because I knew it, what the, where it was going and that it would be good. Uh, so then we worked on breath control and stuff like that to try and make it as believable as possible. But at the end of the day, Michael, I said to them, they were getting worried. They were like, oh, what? can you see my breathing? And I said, guys, we know you're not dead. <laughs> we, everything here is an illusion. We, everyone knows you're not dead. So relax, breathe, because mm. I need you for the second half. If not, if you stop breathing. But yeah, it was interesting. It was cool. And that worked really well, I thought. Mm. Yeah. It, even though the audience were having a break from the tension that was going on, they were maybe having another glass of wine or another bottle of beer and chatting, they're all back onto their Snapchat to show them where everyone where they are uh, and onto Instagram to post a story. They were still reminded of what is going on here yeah. by looking at the stage. Yeah, yeah a huge talking point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is kind of a wider context of what... Mm -hmm. uh, a question that struck me coming into our conversation was what does theatre mean in 2023? Because I think... Uh, initially, it was probably a form of live entertainment when there was no television, there was no mass media. And now we have mass media, and yet theatre is still uh, as as current, well, it can be current, mm. and it can be uh, a rich source of entertainment. So what, what do you think is theatre today? Yeah, well, today, you're right, it would have been one of the original forms of entertainment back in the day, you know, um, as I, I would teach drama and theatre studies, so I do, and um, like, you'd have to go into in-depth with Greek classical theatre and all that. Um, somehow I feel that the stories haven't changed that much from, if you go back as far as Medea and all these pieces, right up to modern pieces that Enda Walsh could write, or Marina Carr, these things, these are Irish playwrights of the day. Stories haven't changed, and I think people's, um, I think that, what I'm trying to say is that the modern theatre as a whole, the pieces that are being created today, they're still telling modern stories mm. that resonate with a modern audience. Mm. And I suppose that's why it's still fashionable and why it attracts so many people still today. Okay. And there's something very different about seeing something live in front of you, Michael. Mm. Especially if they really embody those characters and we, uh, the, the illusion is broken, we believe that we're, we're actually witnessing real people real on that stage. There's, some, there's nothing like live theatre in front of you. you. There's nothing like a great movie or a great episode either. So there's not, but there is that screen there. Mm. Yeah. You use that word illusion. It's very interesting, mm. like how, like, <laughs> it's very much part of uh, what you try to bring to the stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is all an illusion. It's something that's it's saying in theatre that theatre is an illusion. So it is. Um, and I, yeah, I yeah, you do. You try your very best anyway oh, yeah. to break to yeah. To, and it's but when we go to when we break that illusion, it gets a bit risky. But then, Michael, there's other styles of theatre that not everybody would be familiar with, and I understand that. So, for example, Bertolt Brecht, Brechtian theatre is a style of theatre. Just so it is, he's a theatre practitioner. He was. Um, his style is always to remind the audience they are at a piece of theatre. 
um, to hold up, for example, like a placard saying, I'm unhappy now, that kind of thing, rather than saying it, or rather than having, I say, a two-story building on the stage that's created into, to make it look like a hotel, say, for, as I said, he would have a big sign written on cardboard and an arrow saying, this is a hotel. Right. Or they'll both stop the piece of theatre every now and again and directly talk to the audience and come back into it. It's just a different style, so it is. And he'd always say that, um, he'd say the opposite to an awful lot of other practitioners, like that the audience should be laughing when the character's crying and crying when the, la- char- the character's laughing, that kind of thing. Wow. It works for certain pieces of theatre, not yeah. only Brechtian theatre and stuff like that, um, but mostly, most of, the, most of the time we're trying to do the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Mm. Um, wow. Um, yeah, and Stephen, all this, uh, all this play, this, this theatre goes on. I mean, the backdrop of you uh, yourself had a massive, serious health scare. I did. That wasn't a, a theatre. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was no. in a different kind of theatre yeah. back then, so it was yeah. all right. Yeah, but um, yeah, back in um, October. Yeah, back in October, I had an accident. Um, and ended up in Beaumont for a few weeks with a, with a couple of bleeds on the brain and a fractured skull and other breaks here and there. But thankfully, to thankfully, down to the good work of the doctors and the staff in Beaumont and then physiotherapists and occupational therapists and, you know, what family and friends, not just those in the medical profession. Here I am now back doing mm. what I love doing. Love doing. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It's yeah. just a, it's, it's a great blessing. You're probably, I say, you're motivated by the the fact of oh, I'd love to get back. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Back. I probably I probably got back a bit too early or too sooner than I should have, but I was there and I wasn't. No, nothing was stopping me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because it's, for for a while it was really the my escape because I wasn't back to work full time, you know, at all. So you're 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 like, you're sitting around all day and you're wasn't driving. So yeah. I couldn't just get into the car and head off somewhere. I am now, thankfully. Um, so just to get out for the two hours in the evening or three hours with a group of people and start getting back into the craft um, just made everything. It was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And with that craft, like you've, you've mentioned, and I, you, um, the people, that are, the talent around you, like the mm. Connor and Megan and yeah. uh, the cast and everything. Um, so like obviously Gory's your home and it's great to be able to, um, driving your craft in your home, but like yeah. you've uh, you have a great regional circuit. You've many, <laughs> you've many on the cards I, at the moment. I, I I do as of now. I think well, I can think of five shows I have coming up at the moment. Yeah, now, they're not all in the next month or two. They're like that's between. So I'm, the next I have well for Gory, and it is great what you said I, to be be able to do this in my own town too. Yeah. I haven't been directing in Gory for a lot of years now. I've been in other places. It's just I came back couple of years ago to direct for them so I did and I've loved it I've made it but, um, they're a great team and I don't mean just the two guys I mean the whole back 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 back, back team mm. um, but I'll be doing another show for Gory now in August actually Gory have gotten the premiere rights to stage the, the snapper Roddy Doyle's the snapper so right. yeah which I'm really looking forward to I'm sure yeah. the audience are going to lap that one up so they're yeah. it's classic you know yeah, and then passes everything there. Well, oh, big time! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose when you're playing um, iconic role characters, yeah. um, as you would be in lots of pieces, it's it's twice as challenging. Yeah, yeah. you're always going to be compared yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and people who maybe don't go to the theatre that much because it's not everybody's thing, and no. I understand that, and that's 
completely okay will be probably some of them will come to this because they love the film and then they'll forget that this is not actually the film though yeah. and it perhaps can be written differently because uh, you'll always hear people saying um i know that's not what he did he didn't do that <laughs> no she didn't do that no where, where's the where's the van where's this do you know da, 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 da. yeah <laughs> where's your man at the bar talking about the turkey you know all these things but although i have to say about the, the script of the play version to the snapper it's very um very similar to, to the movie right. so that is, yeah and then i have um mel brooks is the the producers in the opera house in wexford in november yeah and then i have another few shows after that i'm going back to gory then next april with michael collins a musical drama which is a great show yeah and then i'm up in trim in mead directing dolly parton's nine to five which i've already done before so and then i will have bits in between that too yeah <laughs> and work <laughs> and work exactly but yeah. well i'm getting out with the crowd like you are uh, um like, is this regional circuit the, um, is this what you thrive in? Is this, do you need to pause, Shane? Or go, yeah, uh, not to, no, but. Um, do you need to, or do you want to thrive in this? Or do you, like, is there, like, is there another step or another stepping stone that is calling you? Or do you prefer I'm, the roots? I'm, I'm content in what I'm doing, for now anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. People always say, throw out, you know, the, the, the silly sayings the whole time oh next up Broadway next up West End well you don't just arrive off a plane in Heathrow and say I'm here do you know yeah. or anything like that and not everybody wants that either do you know yeah, yeah I'm I'm quite content and happy within the, the, the circuit that I'm working in at the moment so I am yeah yeah, yeah. definitely because it's almost like you, you have to if like what is it what good is it being in Broadway if you don't know the people? You know, yeah, there's, there's yeah. sort of a connection yeah. if, if there's when you're when you're at home. Exactly. And it's not, I suppose, directing, although it's one of my jobs, it's not my my only job. Yeah. So it's not that I'm just constantly looking for more and more and more work and everywhere in the theatre industry as such, you know. So. Yeah. So no more and more work, but I get but I think you're constantly looking to refine your craft. Absolutely. Well, well you're never I don't think you'll ever have completed it. Yeah. Never. No, you're always practicing. You're always working. You're always creating. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's an art form. Theatre is still an art form. Directing yeah. is an art form. The acting is an art form. There's lots of forms of art. And I always say to my cast, whether it be at the, the end of a rehearsal process and they're about to go on stage or maybe a midweek run or if a run went on for three weeks or four weeks, I'd still remind them every now and again that, yes, this is... Perhaps exceptional what we're work, what we've achieved here, and what you've achieved, um, but it's not finished, and it won't be finished on the final performance either, because it's art. And as far as I'm concerned, art is never really finished. Even I, Michael, would wake up, could wake up um, a month after a show, or I could be in the bed at night thinking, and I'd say, "Damn, why didn't I do that? Or why didn't I think of that now? I can't do it now. It's too late." Mm. But that's what I mean. It's never finished. It's no. evolving the whole time. Yeah. Mm. And I think, as a team and a group of people working on a on a project, if we are if we always think like that, that it's evolving, it will constantly evolve. Mm. It won't get stagnant, stale, because it will force them to people to keep thinking. Or okay we'll try it a different way now or we'll look at it from a different perspective this this night or this day and at some point it will settle it's settle down to what we should be doing so should you yeah, yeah. do you think like that's why uh theater is going to survive no matter what because it is when you approach that that it's always about 
I think so. I think yeah. so because we had definitely a rocky patch in the theater in the theater industry in the world of drama and theater during COVID. I know everyone suffered. Every everyone every industry and every art form and every sporting form that they all suffered in a certain way but I do think I rem- I think theater was one of the last to really be allowed to come back you know when cinemas were opened we still weren't mm. when people could attend like including myself and I could go to a match mm. you couldn't go to a theater where you are in one particular seat for quite a length period of time and you can't move you know um, so there was a lot of thought back then is will it ever come back will mm-hmm. it ever come back will can it afford to come back but um, it has and thankfully the the arts council and the government did pump plenty of money into the theatre yeah. industry to help them get back up onto the road yeah. what do you think of the field the field John B yeah. uh, what do I say it's, it's a classic it's, classic, it's a yeah. classic uh, it's funny, funnily you should ask me that because I I tend to, or I have done over the years, some quite absurd pieces of drama and theatre or contemporary pieces, out there pieces. Some people would call them wacky pieces. You know, you wouldn't, everyone would call them. And so all, a lot of people would presume I wouldn't be into John B. Keane or anything like that, but I, I would because I'll come back to something I said earlier. They're very modern stories. They're very modern stories. And they're still, they're still, they might be set in a kitchen in the 1950s or 60s, but that doesn't mean, mean the story is past or dated. Yeah. Like, for example, one of his plays, The Year of the Hikers, people right. will be familiar with, yeah. um, is, it's about, it's about a man who leaves the family and goes hiking, basically, and comes back, I think, 20 years later, that kind of thing. So ultimately, in a modern context, that's a man who leaves the children and his wife mm. and comes back, basically, then 20 years later because he's not well. So he's basically coming back to die. Do you know, um, like there's parts of that story is very modern, <laughs> mm. yeah. And the mm. field, you should look at that that, that greed and the the, the 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 need to ownership, yeah. Mm. When you get into those plays, you're really getting into the psyche, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's too easy to, it's too easy as too much of a cop out to just open the page, do what it says, and say the words. There's yeah. more to it than that. You have to... It's the subtext that's most important. It's yeah. what's not written is most important. That's really interesting to use that word, subtext, uh, yeah. because I was only... I never really considered subtext, and then I heard this um, voice note there a few days ago, mm. and it was about how... I think it was something about uh, what will happen if you master the gift of speech, and it was that by by your very speech, you bring a whole subtext. And it, it, it just sounded to me like when we think on the great orators like Daniel O'Connell and um, what, how motivators like mm. even even I suppose Hitler and, and uh, Martin Luther King that it's what they brought and the energy they brought to that infected people yeah yeah, it's amazing it isn't is, it yeah, it really is when you put it like that yeah yeah, and that's what you're playing at when, with, with theatre um, yeah, very interesting um I'm sure I have other. Um... Oh yeah, like what? Uh, when you look at film, film must be in. Uh, or how do you tell me what? Where you learn most? Like it, on a daily basis? Is it a weekly basis? Is it something you read? Is it something you see? Is it a coffee shop? Is it an encounter with a person? Myself. Yeah. Personally. As a director. As a director, as to and to and where I'll bring that onto the stage. Yeah, it? yeah. 
yeah, I think a lot of, I think what you said even mightn't necessarily be about researching film or reading as much. I think the one thing that resonates the most is maybe being in a coffee shop and seeing people. Yeah, it's that, like, researching people, do you know? Yeah, like, and especially if you're doing a piece that has historical context or real-life people that you're trying to portray on a stage, you know? You really want to get in depth. You really want to know everything about that person. Everything. Things that they don't need to know, I think. For example, I would have directed uh, Evita a few years ago, which is about Eva Peron and, and, and the president of Argentina and all that. But I just had to find everything about her things that were not on stage like I had to find out that she had two poodles you know I had to find out all these kind of things you know same of course next year going into direct Michael Collins like there's a lot that we think we'll, we already know yeah Do you know? yeah and it's not just me it's t the team the people playing the parts you have, I have to give them the, the tools to go out like I sometimes do what actors a very interesting thing is like from a window say I say for a bus stop for example and you know, the people who's waiting at a bus stop. Yeah. I make them look at the people through a window so they can't hear what they're saying at the bus stop and just figure out everything about them. What can you come up with? Yeah, things like that, you know? Wow. Yeah. Right. Mm. That's really interesting. Um, what scenes would you point to as exemplars of breathtaking performance? Or are there any that jump out even? <laughs> In, in film yeah well film or, or like is there anything that jumps out like of someone that you directed or anything like that the way what they're able to get across I suppose in if there were if I was to think of my own pieces and people I've directed there's definitely loads of people that come to mind that probably brought exceptional level of performances and stuff like that um, and I suppose I think Probably there's one particular actress that I've worked with a lot over the years, an awful lot. Um, she's not from Gory, so she's not. Her name is Radine Dunn. So she's. Um, we formed a group in Gory called the Rasper Players, um, back over ten years ago, and we still work together. And she she does tend to direct a bit too, but she acts mainly in my work. You know, um, not necessarily just locally. It could be in Dublin or it could be touring around the country. Um, herself she's probably one of the the, stat, the the highlights I would say I'm not going to single out say one particular performance that she did yeah. or anything, but in general over many plays she's just brought it a different level to the game so I have one particular performance she did play it's called um, she played a character called Naomi in Naomi in the living room which was, um, it, was a, it was a three-hander but she was definitely the central character and that'll stand out in my mind for a long time yeah, yeah. doesn't that say it all that like no, you can't point to a video. You mm. just have to point to your memory. I know, yeah. It's yeah, mad, yeah. is it? Like, and I suppose that's the gift of it, that it's live and it's up to, uh, you know, if you have an interest in it, then to, yeah. to, to pursue it. And, and to be honest, I love film. I do. I really yeah. love film. Always have loved film. But people always ask me, have I seen this and have I seen that? Or you need to see this and you need to see that. And the answer is usually no, I haven't. And yes, I will, though. But thanks for the recommendation because we usually we sit down in the evenings after work or at night time we'd watch a film mm. or go to the cinema around that time of the day. But that's the time when I'm out working yeah. and directing, so Amazing, I don't get to see an awful. I rarely watch yeah. TV, you know, unless at the weekend if I'm off and something like that, you know, yeah. watch series and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any uh, director that you follow a lot or like uh, in film or Netflix or anything like that? 
Um, not particularly. No, no, no. no. I'd, have, I'd have, I'd you have, know, I'd have utmost respect for all of them. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, Stephen, is there anything to that you would like to say? Someone who hasn't been to theatre, mm. hasn't dived into, it, or maybe hasn't been in a few years. Yeah. What would you say to them? Give it a go. Right. Well, absolutely, give it a go. Mm. Even if it turns out to be torturous for you. Chances are it won't be any longer than two hours. So we can all cope with two hours of something that we don't enjoy. Um, I would say is if you've never been and you're sceptical about, oh, what's that? Or what oh, that sounds like this or that, you know, hold off maybe until you see something that you, that does take your fancy. For example, I'll come back to what I said. The likes of The Snapper by Roddy Doyle will appeal to an awful lot of people who possibly aren't into theatre or haven't been to the theatre because they're familiar with the film. There's a great example. Yeah. Go in and laugh yourself, laugh your heart out for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that the most important thing is just give it a try. Go for it. You're not going to lose anything. Yeah. Yeah. You won't, well, hopefully you won't. Yeah. <laughs> you might lose your mind slightly if you really do. Like, Michael, it's not like I'll go to every piece of theatre either. There's, forms, there's pieces yeah, I wouldn't yeah, be a, style, a fan of either and stuff. So I don't blame people. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, I don't blame people who are not into soccer and I don't blame people who are not into theatre. You don't have to be yeah. into everything. Everyone has their own thing that they're really into. But that, but saying that, I'll still go to other things yeah. and give it a try. It is what it is. But like, it's just like, yeah, I'm always, I'm, personally, I'm a bit like that. Everything mm. has to be built or you have to progress and you have to keep moving. But like, yeah. when you look at what you do and what theatre does, that like, <laughs> it's just jump in if you're on board and if not, we'll see you. You know, like, it's... Yes. Yeah, no, like it's just uh, it's just <coughs> great that you're able to find your space and like sure you're going to have a massive shindig now with Ames and uh, oh we are yeah. really looking forward to that. That's the that's the award ceremony down in Killarney. Yeah, yeah. The next month there's there's a big group from Gory going post well in the excess of thirty anyway. I think was going down thirty five maybe that kind of thing. But um, now I'd have lots of other friends not just from Gory down there from around yeah. the country that I would direct for as well. You know, so it's it's really. It's an unreal weekend to like group up together and just meet each other. You know, everyone who's into the one similar thing, mm. you know, and like there will be about 1400 at that. So, it will, yeah, yeah, but it'll be brilliant. We can't wait. Yeah, We're especially I'm, I'm especially delighted for Gory themselves, the society, not just me. I yeah. mean, them, them this year because they've um, had a great, a big achie achievement this year with West Side Story, having received seven nominations. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Stephen, you bring a lot to the stage and uh, you're a very impressive director. Continued success to you and every production that you're involved in and you get the paper chooses vote of approval anyway. Well, so. thanks, Michael, and thanks for having me on. That's always Thank great. you.